Thank you for joining Mechon Hadar's learning of Pirkei Avot in honor of our 10th year celebration. This week's Tvar Torah is by Dina Weiss. This is Dina Weiss, Rosh Beit Midrash of Yeshivat Hadar. And this week's Mishnayot are Perak Aleph, Chapter 1, Mishnayot Aleph through Gimel, 1 through 3. Before we delve into the individual Mishnayot, I wanted to introduce Masechet Avot as a whole. Masechet Avot is the only section or tractate of Mishnah that, instead of teaching laws, reflects on broader questions of the role of the law, jurisprudential ethics, personal and interpersonal ethics, the role of tradition, and our place within it. Avot is the term the Mishnah uses for core principles or categories, like the Av Melachot on Shabbat, the core prohibited labors, or the Avot Nizikin, the major categories of damage. In some sense, Masechet Avot can be understood as the Avot of the Avot, the broader orientations and assumptions about what it means to be a participant in the legal process. And of course, a vote means fathers. In some sense, a parent's primary role is pedagogical. It is a common rabbinic understanding that therefore, a teacher is a type of parent figure. And we see the rabbis in Masechet Avot in the role of dispensers of life advice in a fatherly vein not unlike the father figure who teaches in Mishlei. Most of the Mishnayot in Avot are attributed. We know which individual rabbi is considered the author of each statement. And one way in which to think of the adages that we find in Masechet Avot is that these were the standard pieces of advice or wisdom that these men regularly dispensed. As such, we'll often find that the rabbi who utters his statement himself embodies that statement. And sometimes, perhaps even more significantly, we'll hear the rabbis articulating for us what they themselves need to hear, inviting us into their struggles and encouraging us to learn from them. We begin with Mishnah Aleph. Moshe kibel Torah mi Sinai. Moshe received Torah from Sinai. Umisara li Hoshua, and handed it over to his student Yehoshua, Yehoshua leads the Kenim, and Yehoshua handed it over to the elders, Uzekenim Linviim, and the elders handed it over to the prophets, Unviim Misaruha Leanche Chnesat Hagdola, and the prophets handed it over, meaning the Torah over, to the members of the great assembly. The Anche Chnesat Hagdola, the members of the great assembly are the group of leaders that exist on the border between the close of the Bible and the rabbinic period. They lived in the beginning of the second temple, and they are really the first non-biblical rabbis or teachers. I'd like to draw your attention to the verb masar, as in misaruha le'anshei chneset ha The word masar is the root for the word masoret, which means tradition. And we often think of tradition as something that we inherit. But the word masar means to hand over. And it seems that in this conception, tradition is more about what you give than what you receive. Heim amru shlasha dvarim. 
they, the members of the Great Assembly, said three things. Hevu mitunim badin. Be patient in rendering judgment. Or if you will, be deliberate in deliberation. Veha'amidu tamidim harbe. And establish many students. Va'asu siyag la Torah. And make offense around the Torah. Making offense around the Torah is one of the core responsibilities that the rabbis have taken upon themselves. Often, we'll have a rabbinic prohibition, which is designed in order to keep you from violating a biblical prohibition by establishing a safeguard. For example, let's say you are supposed to meet a friend who is chronically late at 3 p.m. You might tell them, let's meet at 2.45 so that you can be sure that at 3 p.m. your friend will be there. Similarly, the rabbis might make an extension of a biblical law with the sole purpose of making sure that if someone were to violate, they would violate the rabbinic prohibition and not go so far as to violate the core biblical law. Mishnah Bet Shimon HaTzadik Haya Mishiarech Neset HaGadola Shimon HaTzadik was of the remainder of the Great Assembly. Shimon HaTzadik was one of the last members of this group. Hu haya Omer. He would say, Al ha'olam omed. The world stands on three things. Notice that the Ansheikh Nasir HaGdola taught about three foundational ideas. And Shimon HaTzadik, following in their footsteps, also speaks about three things. The three things that the world stands upon, al Torah, on Torah study, the al and on service, the Al-Gumilud Chasadim, and on the bestowing of kind acts. Now, this middle term, al can be understood in three ways. The first, which I think is the most literal translation, is that the Avodah is a reference to the ritual service of the temple that one of the three things that keeps the world going is the consistent offering of sacrifices in the temple. But there are two other explanations of what avodah means here. The first is that avodah refers to mitzvot, and so al ha-Torah v'al ha-Avodah, on the Torah and on the service, would mean that the world stands on both theory and practice. Al ha-Torah v'al ha-Avodah. And a third interpretation of what avodah means is that it's really referring to the broader sense of avodah in the sense of work, in the sense of labor. And in that understanding, al ha-Torah v'al ha-Avodah is that the world stands upon the life of the mind, of study, and the life of the body, of physical work, of engaging in the world in all of its dimensions. And either way you understand al-avodah, the third prong remains the same, the al-gemilut chasadim, on the bestowing of acts of kindness. Mishnah Gemma. Antignos ish Soho kibel mishimon hatzadik. Antignos, who lived in Soho, received the tradition from Shimon hatzadik. Hu haya omer. Antignos would say, al tihiyuk avadim, do not be like servants who serve the master on the condition of 
receiving reward. And the word paras is etymologically related to our modern English word prize. Don't serve the master in order to receive payment or reward. Ella, rather, Rather, you should be like servants who serve their master, not on the condition of receiving reward. And let the fear of heaven be upon you. Just a note that I translated al-minat, on the condition of, in the modern Hebrew way. Another way of translating al-minat is with the understanding of. So then serving the rav, al-minat lekabel paras, is to serve the master with the understanding of, with the expectation that you will receive reward. And I'd also like to draw your attention to the last phrase here. V'yihi morasha ma'im aleichem. And the fear of heaven should or will be upon you. There are two ways to read this expression. The first is that vihi morashamayam alechem is a contrast to serving the master on the condition of receiving reward. Rather than serving the master on the condition to receive reward, serve the master out of an inclination of fear of heaven. And just to be clear, right, the master here and the servants are God and us, right? And Antigonos Ishsocho is presumably speaking metaphorically and saying, don't serve God in order to receive some kind of physical or heavenly reward. Rather, serve God out of a fear of heaven. But another way of understanding vihi morashamayim aleichem is that it's a promise. That Antigonos Ishsocho is saying, if you're able to serve God without the consideration of reward, that is how you will achieve the fear of heaven. Because doing something on the expectation of receiving a reward, even doing something with the understanding that you will receive the reward, inverts the proper relationship between the Eved, the servant, and the Rav, the master. Because if the servant is being paid, the Rav owes something to the servant. The master has to pay something to the servant. And in that way, the master becomes beholden to the servant. But if you don't expect God to pay you, if you're not thinking about the reward, then you're able to enter into the relationship of Yirat Shamayim, a fear of heaven, where you understand that God is always the one who makes the rules, that God owes you nothing, and it's a privilege for you to serve God without any expectation of and without any consideration of the potential reward. In this Torah Torah, I'd like to focus on the statement of Antigonus Ishsocho that we learned in Mishnah Gimel. Hu Hayaomer, he would say, Al tiyuk avadim, do not be like servants, hamishamishin et harav almanat lekabel paras, who serve the master with the understanding of receiving reward. Ella, rather, hevuk avadim, you should be like servants, hamishamishin et harav, 
who serve the master, shalo amanat lekabel peras, without the explicit understanding of receiving reward. The text of the Mishnah that I presented and translated to you is, in the second half, be like servants who serve the master, shalo amanat lekabel peras, without the expectation of receiving reward. But there is a version of the Mishnah which has this phrase slightly differently. In that version, it reads, Be like servants who serve the master, al-minat shalo lekabel paras, with the understanding of not receiving reward. This slight difference actually points us to a significant shift in understanding. In the first version of the Mishnah, you are serving God without consideration of reward. Shalo amanat lekabel paras just means without the expectation of receiving reward. In the second version, almanat shalo lekabel paras, that can be read as serving God on the condition that you not receive reward. That can be read much more strongly, that you are serving God with the explicit intention that you do not want to receive reward. And I'd like to explain this other version of the Mishnah, the way that I'd like to read it, through what I hope is a helpful mashal, a helpful analogy. Let's say you are a parent who sent your child away to college, and your child is coming home for the first time in three months, and you decide to serve them a special meal you spend all day cooking, slaving away over their favorite dishes. Your child comes home, finishes eating the meal, and they say to you, thanks mom, thanks dad, and they throw a 20 on the table. And they say to you, keep the change. We all understand that there's something inappropriate about this exchange. When you go to a restaurant, it is expected that you are going to pay the bill. When you go to an American restaurant, it's expected, it's morally required for you to tip your server and the back-end staff. But when you go to the house of a loved one and they offer you a meal, it's entirely inappropriate for you to pay your host back. Because what your host has offered you is a gift. What your host has offered you is an expression of their excitement over your presence. And for you to pay them back shows that you don't understand what a gift is. It shows that you are not willing to accept this overture of friendship and your child is treating you. This child is treating their parent as if that parent was someone who demands to be paid. As if that parent were someone who should be paid. And when we map this on to our relationship with God, I think we can see the clear difference between the first version of Antigonos Ish Soho and the second version. In the first version, it's appropriate to accept reward. It's appropriate to want payment. It's just not appropriate to focus on it. In this understanding, the second way of reading the Mishnah, Almanat Shalol Kabel Pras, Antigonos Ish Soho is encouraging us to transform our relationship from a relationship of a master and a servant to a relationship that is closer to one of equals, closer to one of a gift giver and a recipient, 
closer to one of two people, two entities, that love and respect and give to one another. And there are two important lessons to learn here beyond the transformation in our relationship to God. The first is to be one of these people that is free. Free with your property, free with your time, free with your affection. So that people don't act in a relationship with you in a way that they are demanding payment, in a way that they feel that they need to serve you in order to secure the reward. But the second lesson, and perhaps the more challenging one, is that you should not insist on paying people back. That when someone gives you a gift, you should accept that gift with love. You should accept that gift as an expression of generosity and not always try to pay it back and not always try to even the score. Right? Instead, allow the gift to reinforce the relationship that you have with that person. Do not be the person who receives a reward in order to give a reward. Rather, be someone who enjoys being in relationship with other people. And the payment is ancillary at best and rejected at worst. Next week's Mishnayot are Parak Aleph, Mishnayot Dalet through Zion, Chapter 1, Mishnayot 4 through 7. For more opportunities to be involved in our 10th year celebration, please visit mechonhadar.org slash siyum, join us on Thursday, March 2nd for our siyum celebration, and be a part of our first ever National Shabbaton for March 3rd through 5th, 2017.